Tonight, deals and demonstrations confronting the crisis in Canadian health care. Growing grievances from the front lines. We are losing nurses left, right and centre. And the first five provinces to sign on with Ottawa. Access to primary care, recruitment and retention. Pummeled by a series of punishing winter storms. Mind-blowing, really. <laughs> Just look at it. Harrowing scenes from Canada to the Hollywood Hills. It's insane, especially for California. Plus, for whom the bell tolls. You make lots of friends very quickly. Recruiting the young for an ancient art form to ring in a royal milestone. CTV National News with Omar Sachadina. Good evening, everyone. Canada's frayed and fractured health care system is far from being cured. But tonight, there are signs of progress. Half of the provinces have reached agreements in principle with Ottawa, but no final deals. And as CTV's Ottawa Bureau Chief Joyce Napier reports, those on the front lines are issuing fresh warnings. Time is running out. Toronto area nurses stage staggered walkouts on their lunch breaks to send a message to Ottawa and the province. Nurses have had enough. This profession is falling apart. We are losing nurses left, right and centre. We're here for patient care to get it better. Frustration from the front lines, a symptom of a health care system in crisis. Well, I'll give you guys a little preview. This as the Prime Minister offered some hopeful news on negotiations with the provinces. We've actually just uh, confirmed agreements in principle uh, with the four Atlantic provinces and Ontario who've said, yes, we're in for these health care deals. And the others are expected to sign on too. $46.2 billion in new health care funding to all the provinces and territories over 10 years. But there are strings attached. Ottawa is still demanding to know how the money will be spent as each province negotiates individual deals. There are, however, shared priorities across the country. For example, access to primary care, recruitment and retention, uh, health information, technology, all the things that we've been talking about for quite some time. And more funds for mental health and long-term care. But it will take time before the money is allotted and the changes are made. Just because these funding agreements are completed doesn't necessarily mean that those 18-hour wait times and the inability to find a primary care provider immediately get fixed. The deal falls short of what the provinces wanted, but as Canada's ailing health care system becomes a political liability, the premiers are now ready to say yes. Omar? All right, Joyce, thanks. The pandemic not only exposed the gaps in health care, but it also drove up the cost of living. But not everyone's taken a hit. Today, Loblaw, Canada's biggest grocer, posted fourth quarter earnings. Adjusted profits jumped nearly 12%. All the while, Canadians pay more for less at the checkout. CTV's Bill Fortier breaks down the numbers. As Canadians grapple with rising food prices... They've definitely increased. Well, I bought lettuce this week. It was, it was a luxury. Word that it's going to get worse. The head of grocery giant Loblaw told a conference call, we still have over 1,000 supplier requests on our desks for significant cost increases. I just see the, the prices continuing, continuing to increase, so 
I'm concerned about that. At least one analyst predicts costs won't increase by as much as they have over the past year, but grocery shopping will not get any cheaper. I would be pretty surprised if we saw food deflation, if, in other words, food prices started to reverse. Food retailers have faced increasing pressure to address prices rising quicker than inflation. This month, the House of Commons committee summoned the CEOs of three major chains to testify at an inquiry on the issue. Grocers have claimed they're not using inflation as an excuse to drive up profit. Loblaw's revenue increased in the last quarter by about 10 percent over 2021 with a profit of more than half a billion dollars. But gross profit margins were down slightly. What that means in a nutshell is that we shouldn't really be getting upset at Loblaws for you know, increasing food prices. This economist defends grocery chains and says regulators should investigate the producers that supply grocers. Are they sort of increasing prices more than warranted? I would expect Competition Bureau to be on it. But I, I don't know to what extent they, they have been on it anymore. Loblaw says those reduced profit margins were driven in part by a price freeze brought in last October on 1,500 no-name items. That freeze was lifted at the end of last month. Omar. All right, Bill, thank you. The use of deadly force by police has been a breaking point in North America. And today, new data is highlighting the rise in this country. 69 people were killed by police officers last year, the highest known total in a single year. The findings show 27% of victims were black and indigenous people, despite making up less than 9% of the population. A series of what police are calling random acts of violence near Orlando have left three people dead. A police body cam shows the arrest of the 19-year-old suspect. He's accused of killing a passenger in his car, then returning to the same area hours later and opening fire again, leaving a 9-year-old girl and a TV reporter dead. This is every reporter's absolutely worst nightmare. We... We go home at night afraid that something like this will occur. Investigators are still searching for a motive. The violence in Ukraine was the target of a protest in London today. Activists with wheelbarrows filled with paint, the same colors as Ukraine's flag, dumped it in front of the Russian embassy. While in Paris, the Eiffel Tower was lit up blue and yellow a day before the one-year anniversary of the war. Inside Ukraine, concerns tonight about whether Russian forces will use the day to launch another attack. CTV's chief international correspondent Paul Workman is in Kyiv tonight. Russian forces gave up the port city of Kherson three months ago. That doesn't mean the war there suddenly stopped. The shelling goes on with a change of direction. And since the coming hours could see a deadly barrage of artillery and rockets, people have been warned to shelter inside. I'm 82 years old, he says. I had one dream, to live in peace. But the Russians brought war. I don't know why. For months, Russian fighters have struggled to advance in eastern Ukraine, laying siege to the city of Bakhmut. And this man, Yevgeny Prigozhin, is the boss of those fighters, the notorious leader of the Wagner Group, his own private army. I congratulate all the guys who are fighting, he said, and protecting the fatherland. 
now we all are united because of love to our motherland and hate to our enemies. Some of them... You could say Serhiy Pertula is the other side of the coin. He has raised a hundred million dollars, perhaps more, to support Ukrainian soldiers, sending more than a thousand vehicles to the front line, 4,500 drones in all shapes and sizes. Who became trusted, famous and respected as a comedian and TV host. We were looking for some solution. And organized his latest fundraising campaign around a compelling theme, revenge. Exactly, we named this campaign uh, for revenge. We just make a call to Ukrainian society. If you want to revenge, so donate. And they did. Enough, he said, to buy 150 attack drones that are now killing Russians on the battlefield. All of Ukraine was left wondering tonight if Russia was going to launch a one-year anniversary attack. This time, the country was ready and waiting for it, Omar. All right, Paul, thank you. A demonstration in solidarity with the youngest victims of the war was held in Brussels today. Toys and teddy bears covered a city square, representing the thousands of Ukrainian children forcibly taken to Russia. CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Malbin on Putin's plans and propaganda. A patriotic moment on Russian state TV. A young girl is paraded in front of the crowd. Thank you, Uncle Yuri, she says, for saving me and my sister and hundreds of thousands more children from Mariupol. Nudge to hug Uncle Yuri. She and thousands of Ukrainian children are believed to have been abducted. Here in Russia, they're told these children are being saved. Absolutely the most effective propaganda narrative that Russia has had. And this stuff goes down very well with the Russian public. Greeting newly arrived children meet Russia's so-called presidential commissioner for children's rights. From toddlers to teens, new evidence shows that since the invasion, Russia has systematically relocated at least 6,000 children from Ukraine to a network of re-education and adoption facilities. What Russia is doing constitute kidnapping, child abduction, and hostage taking. We already know that they probably will never go home. Criminals are also part of Vladimir Putin's strategy. The Wagner mercenary group is enlisting prisoners to fight his war. We need those who serve time for murder, he says. We need your criminal talents. In this leaked video, the mercenary boss promises presidential pardons and bravery bonuses for those headed to the front line. U.S. intelligence says it's not going well. They're treating their recruits, largely convicts, as basically as cannon fodder throwing them into a, a literal meat grinder here. We estimate now that Wagner has suffered more than 30,000 casualties, including approximately 9,000 killed in action. Even as Putin digs in for the long haul, the White House is expected to announce sweeping new sanctions targeting Russia tomorrow. Omar? All right, Joy, thanks. And TikTok will be the target of a new investigation by Canada's privacy commissioner. The focus is to examine how the Chinese-owned app is obtaining consent and collecting and disclosing personal information. 
TikTok says it will cooperate with the probe. The fierce blast of winter may be over for parts of Ontario, but thousands are cleaning up and in the dark. Tonight, many parts of Canada are under extreme cold warnings. CTV's John Venavelli rao reports. In southern Ontario, where this winter has been remarkably mild, the weather wallop came as a bit of a shock. First of all, we had the snow, then we had the ice pellets, and then we had the freezing rain. In and around Windsor, that freezing rain and wind brought down plenty of branches and even trees. Mind-blowing, really. <laughs> Just look at it. The ice buildup in some areas knocking out power to around 30,000 customers and keeping hydro crews busy. Just hope we have power soon, that's it. No heat, no hydro, no anything. Officials pleading with motorists to stay off the roads because of freezing drizzle. While at Pearson Airport, some passengers saw their plans put on ice after more than 100 flights were cancelled and plenty more delayed. It's weather-related, so they cancelled, but we were just disappointed that they didn't accommodate us for anything. It was all part of a monster storm and foul weather that spread across a broad swath of the United States. Tree down. Leaving around a million Americans without electricity. In Minneapolis, they declared a snow emergency. While in Wisconsin, snow likely contributed to the partial collapse of a parking garage. The third floor is in the first floor right now. While this was the scene at the Hollywood sign in Los Angeles, where the flakes began to fly. A separate storm that's prompted an extremely rare blizzard warning for L.A. County mountains. It's insane. I mean, it's insane, especially for California. So this is unbelievable. This local TV meteorologist said it's something she'd never seen before. While millions from B.C. to Manitoba remain under an extreme cold warning with wind chills reaching minus 40. And in southwestern Ontario, thousands have been told their power won't be restored until tomorrow. So they'll be spending another cold night in the dark. Omar. All right, John, thanks. Disgraced South Carolina lawyer Alex Murdoch took to the stand at his own defense today at his double murder trial in the killings of his 52-year-old wife and 22-year-old son. Murdoch denied any involvement in their murders. Could you take this gun or any gun like it and blow your son's brains out on June 7th or any day or any time? No, I did not. Could you take a 300 blackout such as this and fire it into your wife Maggie's leg, torso, or any part of her body? No, I did not. But he did admit to lying about being at the kennels with his wife and son shortly before they were killed. He said he lied because of an opioid addiction. When we come back... No excuse! Abuse. Fallout for a Canadian meat supplier over claims of cruelty. Plus... Breaking the ice, big chills and thrills in the Arctic Circle. The Assembly of First Nations today reflected on the resignation of the first Indigenous woman elected to the B.C. legislature and the first to serve in cabinet, writing. It reminds us how far we have yet to go as colonialism and misogyny have seeped far in society, especially every corridor in every building of power. Melanie Mark stepped down yesterday describing her challenges in creating change in what she calls a colonial institution. This place 
felt like a torture chamber. I will not miss the character assassination. Mark expects her last day to be in March. An update to a story we told you about last night in British Columbia about a meat processor accused of animal cruelty, now under new scrutiny. Here's CTV's BC Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy. There's no excuse. Calls to shut down a BC slaughterhouse from protesters against Meadow Valley Meats, which is now the focus of a cruelty investigation. One launched after video shot in secret captured staff allegedly abusing farm animals. It's heartbreaking. Eileen Drever and her animal protection team are investigating. She says she's troubled by what she's seen. I can tell you that the videos are very disturbing. They're suffering um, physically but they're also suffering psychologically. The provincial government is also conducting a review. It's troubling any time we hear stories of animal abuse. Along with cruelty allegations, Meadow Valley is accused of improper techniques breaking slaughter regulations. Oh my God. The footage also shows children watching a convulsing cow. Any concerns about staff treatment of animals? After CTV News visited the slaughterhouse, and tried to reach managers by phone. The company shared a brief statement saying it's aware of covertly obtained video and is fully cooperating. Several companies that use Meadow Valley Meats to process their products say they're dedicated to humane treatment, but when asked about the investigation, not one offered to comment. A live animal being dragged. Animal welfare expert Moira Harris has serious concerns after watching the video, including questions about why sheep are dragged to slaughter. If an animal's sick, you don't necessarily know what's wrong with it, so you don't want an animal which is visibly impaired going into the food chain. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency, which safeguards food, is now reviewing all the video. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver. Still ahead. We see more people coming right now. Ukrainian families on the run and shelters running out of room. After waiting it out a year, desperate for the situation to improve, more Ukrainian families say they have no choice but to leave. CTV's Vanessa Lee on their agonizing decision. The weight of war is taking a toll. This bus ride into Poland was a last resort. This Ukrainian family's breaking point came two days ago when Russians shelled a bus station in Kherson. Dimitro and his wife were on a bus meters away. A piece of shrapnel grazed his jacket. It was an easy decision to leave everything behind because there is nothing more important than my children's safety, he says. As he does everything he can to protect them, he carries deep wounds. After being abducted by Russian forces for a month, he says he was a target because he served in the military. There was torture and beatings. It was difficult hearing people screaming and not being able to help them, he says. There is much needed help at this old shopping mall turned into a temporary shelter. There is everything from food to clothing and 300 beds. Today, it reached capacity. Due to the first anniversary of the war, Mm, so we see more people coming right now. They're afraid that there will be some kind of bombings in Ukraine. Located 10 kilometers from the Ukrainian border, 
Peshemishle was the starting point for the grueling journey ahead for millions over the past year. At the start of the war, the city of 6,000 was flooded with the arrival of 50,000 people every day, mainly by train. A scenario its mayor had no playbook for. When we opened that plan on, in, in the first day, you know, we saw uh, something like when about three, four thousand people will cross the city. No one imagined that that tragedy be huge like like it was. Dmitro doesn't know where they will end up. His youngest Constantine turns one tomorrow. For his birthday, they will celebrate being together, now safe but far from feeling at peace. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Peshemyshle, Poland. And switching gears in northern Sweden, a summer sport was given winter treatment this week. Wakeboarders took on freezing temperatures and an obstacle course made from ice and snow created on a frozen lake about 1,000 kilometers north of Stockholm. Looks like fun. After the break... Bringing in a recruitment drive for the coronation. An alarm bell of sorts is ringing out in the United Kingdom because there aren't enough people to do a critical job for the king's coronation. CTV's Danielle Hamamjan explains. The word of the day is campanologist. And here is the definition. A person who rings church bells as a job or hobby. All yours. That hand stroke needs stretch and pull through. And now underway is a campaign to recruit as many campanologists as possible for the May coronation of King Charles III. Ring for the King, it's called. And the goal is to hear them in every church across the kingdom. Some of our beginners here today learned because of the Queen's Jubilee and they wanted to be able to ring for that. And then a lot of them rang when the Queen died. Um, so we've had this um, constant teaching of beginners right the way through since that original push. Because he's such a great environmentalist and I'm an environmentalist too, um, I thought I'd come back and um, ring for the coronation. The bell ringing community here is comprised of roughly 40,000 people. Most of them are older, which means not only do they want younger people, they need them. Freya is 17. I'd encourage younger people to really get involved with it um, because it is really enjoyable and you make lots of friends very quickly. In hopes there'll be enough bell ringers by coronation time, 70 years after the last one. Danielle Hamamjan, CTV News, London. Seems like a workout. And that's a snapshot of this Thursday. John Venerelli Rao will be here tomorrow. For all of us at CTV National News, thank you for watching and good night.